0: Hey, sis, are you video calling me from the new HomeSense?
1: Reporting from Rockville. There are some serious deals here.
0: Where are we supposed to go together? So competitive.
1: Speaking of competitive, look at the price on this sleeper sofa.
0: That alabaster lamp for less, I want. I bet you do. Wait, go back. Show me that hand-woven rug from Turkey.
1: A total upgrade. Ooh, are you seeing this standing mirror? I see a sister who's going to buy that for me. Hello? Now open in Rockville. HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. This episode is brought to you by Verizon. Get a Verizon Business Unlimited plan from the network businesses rely on. Hey, Monica, with 5G Ultra Wideband in many more cities, you get up to 10 times the speed at no extra cost. Hello downloads in no time. Plus unlimited premium data and hotspot data to keep the signal flowing and your teams going. Come in or book an appointment with a Verizon business expert to find the right plan for your team. 5G Ultra Wideband available in over 1,700 cities with Business Unlimited Pro 2.0 smartphone plan. Speed comparison is to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Download speeds may vary depending upon network and coverage conditions and content optimization for 5G Ultra Wideband. What up? Javier Jase, my Argentinian
2: action figure, best friend. Yes. What is up? How are you?
3: Pretty good. There you go. You see the ins and outs of El Planteo in action. Oh, cool.
2: El Planteo headquarters on the Javier Jase Villa in, in Latin America. He's he's my, my rich cousin.
3: Uh, Javi- stop stop perpetuating myths. People should know I don't live in a villa. I live in Uh, two villas.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I told Javi to let me let me live my fantasy here. Born to be free. What is up, friends? Ooh, dragon with a with a a challenge right off the bat. When I look at some of these comments from the previous show that have ended up in our chat, (laughs) that's what happened. I always want to connect it back to cannabis. So let's try this. Buy silver, silver nitrate is used in rocket fuels. Mm-hmm. so what's also in rockets is elon musk kind of he he has space yeah. and elon musk is smoking a joint in a rocket that's about as good as i got for silver, silver Wait. oh i have
3: a better one actually okay, so, this, this former astronaut who is seeking to grow cannabinoids in space
2: Oh, oh, that was a cool story recently. I know what you're talking about. you remember about.
3: that one? Yeah,
2: that was cool. Lord Byron, what's I up? PAX thing. I love it. I love the the love for our for our guest today. Uh, it's gonna be a killer interview. Our first time having an executive from PAX on Cannabis Insights. Yes.
3: I'm very excited. We usually don't have private companies or, or non-investment focused companies, but there's a few private companies that are just worthy. You can't uh, have a discussion. Enough
2: right? Like Mm -hmm. one of the cool ones, you know, we want to talk to them. I know Mitch money, Mitch is back in the back pumped for this interview. I hope we do you justice, sir. Appreciate you and all your support. That being said, Javier, before we bring our friend on, we always touch on some cannabis news here. Mm -hmm. So what is on your mind today?
3: I got some breaking news out of the state of Connecticut. Connecticut has become the first state to invest in a marijuana-related business. Connecticut Innovations, which is the the strategic venture capital arm for the state of Connecticut, completed a seven-figure investment in Cannabis Edibles Company 1906. Uh, Connecticut Innovations joins other investors like Arview and Merida in this current round of funding.
2: That's crazy. I mean, did they go into why? I mean, 1906, for everybody who doesn't know, they are a company that prides themselves on innovative ways to consume cannabis. Um, I think it's what, it's now 1906 New Highs is the name of the company.
3: Yeah, they also do pills. You know, they're they're the leader in cannabis pills as well. Um, I think that is one of their strong suits. And if you ask why, uh, Lauren Carmody, who's the vice president of marketing at Connecticut Innovations, explained that it's about, you know, the company's future prospects, but also just like the role of the cannabis industry in the economic, health, and social development of the state. That's cool. You know who else I want to bring in
2: on that conversation? One day, let's get this panel of Peter Barsoom, the head of 1906, Faith Popcorn, and Julian from Canopy. We'll enlarge the panel that you had at South by Southwest. Uh, and talk about the future uh, of cannabis consumption and future trends and, and all that. That would be a really cool conversation. That's really cool, though.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Talking about South by Southwest, yeah. finally, my interview with Representative Nancy Mace, which I conducted during South by Southwest, but it took me a while to write because, you know, I'm just lazy now. I'm kidding.
0: Um,
3: you can no find it now on Benzinga.com slash cannabis. And it's honestly one of the most interesting interviews I've ever done. Um, I'm not saying it's the best writing ever because you know, there's better writers than me, but it's definitely a piece you should read. It's like super interesting. It's a 10 minute read.
2: And let me tell you that woman has chutzpah charm, whatever you want to call it. She knows how to talk. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, uh, her watching her at our conference in Miami two weeks ago was incredibly impressive. You know, Javi, there's a couple of things I want your thoughts on. Uh, we have one interview today, so we have a little bit more time for news today. We have a lot of companies delaying their filings. Yeah, uh, oh, consortium, yeah. Uh, yeah, consortium uh, releasing preliminary results because their auditors couldn't get meet the timeline of the filings. Red, white and bloom uh, postpones. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, there must be five or six that we could probably list yeah. right now uh, that yeah. are under delayed. And
3: I remember uh, Your Way Cannabis, yes. uh, Sundial, uh, and I don't know. There's a few other Hemp Fusion just delayed as well.
2: It seems like a ridiculous amount of companies.
3: This this reporting Untrushed.
2: specifically.
3: Entourage Health Corp, Mechanic Farms, it's... I think some
2: of these are great companies. So don't think this is us crapping on the companies. I think consortium's numbers, if they hold true to the filings, are really impressive. Um, I think, you know, Sundial is Sundial. Uh, You love them or or you're not into them, it's your choice. But, you know, at Red, White & Bloom, we haven't heard a lot of aggressive news flow out of them recently. So uh, it looks worse for them probably than the others. Um, but it's just an interesting tidbit that I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on. But I know some of these, is not even up to them. Some, it's their auditors. Some of it's the people preparing these statements who just don't meet uh, the requirements. But uh, regardless, it comes back to the companies.
3: Mm-hmm. You know who is reporting on time? Green Thumb Industries, GTBIF on the OTC. You think they would have a chance their performance?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so how was it? Tell us about it.
3: No, no. I mean, they're reporting tomorrow, but we already have uh, Pablo Swanich, a favorite analyst at Cantor Fitzgerald, already shared some thoughts and and he anticipates the focus will be on the launch of recreational cannabis sales or adult use cannabis sales in New Jersey, given that GTI is one of the seven treatment centers or dispensaries allowed to sell marijuana in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, Did you New
2: read the note on New Jersey? If you all don't get Cantor Fitzgerald, Pablo Zwanich's note, he released two notes yesterday, one on GTI, and they're starting the MSO earnings, uh, MSO being a multi-state operator and kind of the largest operating cannabis companies in the U.S. Uh, and then he released a note on New Jersey, which launched their recreational program on April 21st. Um, and so they, I think they had 2 million, almost 2 million in sales, like 1.9 million in sales that first day on the 21st. Uh, 60 people out the door uh, for GTI, or I think it was GTI. Uh, I may have been Terrasend, I forget. Um, but he kind of looks back on it, and he's comparing the potential of the New Jersey market to that of Colorado. Uh, and the per capita yeah. sales is like circa $400 per uh, in Colorado. And saying if New Jersey even comes close to matching that, it'll be in a few years worth around $3.5 billion, that market. And Ooh. in a year, it could be worth just over a billion. Um, so that'd be massive growth for a state, uh, you know, on par with that of like Arizona.
3: Um, the, the Garden, t- the Garden State is is finally living up to its name.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it is it, it is a massive opportunity there. But I don't know if you read this part in particular. But something he said is too early to pick winners or losers from the New Jersey rollout. It's way too early. But that being said, he did offer his insights on the thirteen dispensaries, twelve active right now uh, of what are the most attractive and he says Verano and GTI uh, are the most attractive by proximity, Mm -hmm. competition, accessibility for consumers, uh, what own SKUs or their own products they have available Um, and he said uh, on the other end of the spectrum there aka what I took to be the least attractive were Columbia Care and Terrason which I did not expect. Uh, but that being said, far too early. He's just speculating at this point. I, I don't think you look into that outside of just a very successful launch of New Jersey.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, honestly, it's also estimates, right? Not necessarily speculation, but but there's always someone who'll be who'll be pissed at at Pablo's. views. Um, Pablo <laughs> an the job description. The one <laughs> thing we know for sure is that he rates Green Thumb Industries GTBIF and overweight. And sees the stock going to $39. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. I don't see him going uh uh neutral or, or bearish on that anytime soon. GTI is definitely I, I wouldn't weird. either. Yeah. So hey, really quick, what do you think of Zinerba? ZYNE on the NASDAQ releases data. Uh we don't talk a lot about cannabis biotechs, um, but you know, super interesting. Um Release this morning, releases data showing high toleration, safety, and efficacy for Zygel products in children and adolescents, up to 38 months of exposure. I thought that was super, super positive. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. it just goes to show there's plenty of medical opportunity and run rate here for a lot of cannabis companies, too.
3: We don't talk do you want to do a rapid fire? I have three it. items I want to share. You do it. Burner, famous rapper, has Joined the Benzinga Psychedelics Advisory Council. We finally announced it officially. You can go to benzinga.com/slash-cannabis for more details on that. Another interesting story: Rep. You know Representative Matt Gates, uh, Republican from Fra- Florida, controversial guy for sure, called President Joe Biden a rec- recalcitrant boomer, I mean, criticizing him over terrible, betrayal like- for marijuana.
2: But what's hysterical to me about this is on the other end of the spectrum is Mitch McConnell um, scolding Biden for doing any uh, <laughs> commutations whatsoever. And then Matt <sighs> scolding him. What a great for, you know, guy. Not doing enough. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's just pol- politicization, you know, just politics around cannabis everywhere. Like, just give us legal weed. Give us safe banking. Give us something and, and stop hurting our hearts. What's the third one, Javi?
3: The third one is about actual great guys. Calvin Johnson and Rob Sims, former NFL stars, opened a flagship cannabis dispensary in Niles, Michigan. Um, in case you didn't know, they presented Primitive, their, their cannabis company, at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in Detroit about four years ago. I think that was a pre eliot era. Nope, that was my <laughs>
2: second uh i met calvin johnson and rob sims very nice guys Loved them uh that's really really a cool
3: story that being said javi we have a really run that interview aaron thomas producer aaron thomas big shout out for producer aaron thomas aaron let's think about rerunning that that interview i don't think most people have seen it and it's so interesting a while
2: and we definitely should
3: That being said, I think we should go ahead and get to our interview.
2: Let us give Lord Byron what he came for. And let's hit this. Aaron, play us Mm -hmm. in, brother. All right, Stephen Jung, welcome. The COO, Chief Operating Officer of PAX. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Hey, good
2: to have you, man. Uh, you awesome, doing? Pax as well on our stream. I don't think we've had Pax. You are the first executive from oh, this really? awesome company. So we, we've
3: talked about Pax before with oh, M Pax, Emily Paxia, one of your wow. raving fans. If, if if there are fans of Pax from there a financial are- standpoint, I, I it Sid is one of them. Yes, absolutely. So, Stephen,
2: enough of us talking. Tell us about you, man. How did you make your way to Pax and Cannabis?
0: How did I make my way into Pax and Cannabis? I guess we can split that into two stories. Uh, How did I I make my way into cannabis first? Um, You know, uh, we'll probably talk about this at some point, but I at some point in my life was a a commissioned officer in the United States Army. And so, as I like to say, clearly marijuana was in my future uh, in some way, shape or form. Uh, and uh, but if you back up even from that, growing up, right, I am a child of the DARE generation. So I think during that period in time, I was taught that cannabis is not good for you, and so I think my my path to cannabis really is one where I consider myself very lucky because the industry ended up finding me and choosing me, uh, giving me an opportunity to become a part of it. And so um, so while it wasn't obvious growing up and in the earlier parts of my career, um, after I left the military, I spent some time in management consulting. And, uh, and in finance and in tech along the way, um, always as an operator by trade. But that uh, but that ultimately, I got an opportunity to join the industry um, about six years ago, and uh, I had never looked back. Um, I originally came in through Weed Maps, which uh, you may be familiar with, and uh, where I was president and COO over there. And then uh, uh, along the way, um, had an opportunity to to join PAX, and I couldn't say no. And so I came on board here about seven months ago as uh, the chief operating officer. And uh, we've been working on some really great things.
3: Oh, by the way, I mean, I, I can't complain because you joined an amazing company and you also left a very cool spot for your successor who is a fellow Argentine, ah. Juanjo Feijo. So big yeah. shout out to Juan Abruid Maps.
0: That's right, absolutely.
2: <laughs> so, sorry, I couldn't find my mute button. Uh, so with that, Stephen, you know, being a veteran, right? We we have kind of a through line in this show. Me, I have a through line in the show of loving um, executives to talk about how their past has influenced how they lead their companies into the future. We talk to investment bankers. We talk to legacy growers. Uh, you know, we don't talk to a lot of veterans who've made their way to executive roles within this industry, at least not yet. Um, so, how does that you know play into your leading this company's operations? PAC specifically, because I would imagine as a veteran, you probably have very specific views on um, medical cannabis versus recreational cannabis and the benefits of this, what it should be a medicine versus a drug.
0: My, my military background fundamentally influences how I view cannabis at large, right, and how I think about the work day to day. Generally speaking, I, I viewed my career as a lifetime of service in some way, shape or form. Uh, I was lucky enough to do that as an officer in the United States Army. Uh, And going beyond that, as I looked at the career outside of the military, after the military, I continued to look for that opportunity to serve in some way, shape, or form. And and again, cannabis um, here, I'm sure you've talked about it before at length, is is such an important part of social equity, social impact at large. And so when I think about the day-to-day as uh, chief operating officer of PACS, it is very important for us as a part of our core values and our mission to really have that kind of impact uh, in the world around us. And one of the things I like to say is that, you know, although you can go to, to mission driven companies, um, that's certainly an important thing. I think when you look at cannabis, it gives you the opportunity to do so much more than just any one have impact on any one part of that. Mm-hmm. Because social equity, social justice, access to care, freedom of choice, right? Taking care of veterans, you name it. It has all of these things wrapped up inside of it. And, and I think it's so critical for, as an industry, all of us to really think through how can we have a positive impact in these areas. And certainly for us as a company, Pax, it's definitely a key part of our mission.
3: I have a little bit of a, of a tangential question. I, I I know you also worked at Twitter for a bit, and Twitter is now all over the news with Elon Musk's you know purchase. He also offered fifty four twenty per share just because he can. <laughs> And a lot of people are thinking this will make Twitter a little bit more cannabis friendly. What do you think personally? I know this might be a tough question, but it's like definitely an opinion kind of thing.
0: It's a good one. I I think what's interesting here, the opportunity for Twitter as a private platform is um, to really potentially focus more on what is the core value and the core functionality behind that platform as a communications platform, uh, because ultimately that's what it is. And so I think in that way, policies and impact on the product and the features that are, uh, that are focused on, right? I think what you potentially get away from is the concept of quarterly results as a public company, which then I think allows it to really focus on its core value and its core service that it provides to people and society at large. So I think it could be a very exciting path into the future if, in fact, it does end up uh, consummating that deal and going private. But uh, I also, it's been a minute since I've been near the, the heart of it, so <laughs> I can't say for sure.
2: Now the Twitter downfall is on you Stephen. Ah, yes, going. absolutely. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> honestly. So,
2: you know, we let's let's uh kind of go back into the cannabis uh consumption realm here. V- you know, vaporization. You know, I, you know we hear a lot about dried flower. We hear, we hear about nanotechnologies kind of uh shrinking the cannabis molecule uh for beverages and, and edibles and making the experience more um consistent and lasting. We don't hear a lot about vapes right now. You don't hear a lot about vaporization or inhalation technology unless it's like heat, not burn. Let's bring it back to the heart of what, you know, PAX is known for uh, and, and talk to me about the future of what you guys do
0: pax uh you know given our history is fun fact the number one uh recognized national cannabis brand, both in terms of awareness and net promoter score from the consumer perspective and and i think from that perspective right when you think about vaporization as a category we've been a market leader and an innovator from the beginning we've been around for a decade uh and even more so and and for us now as we start to think about the future of where we're going to take this company what we've done is we've taken that DNA that we have around innovating when it comes to the technology and devices on how you vaporize and how you experience uh, your cannabis. And now I extended that into the product itself. And so one mm-hmm. of the I mentioned earlier that we have a lot of exciting work that we're focused on. One of the key developments that we've had is to launch our own product, our very first fresh pressed live rosin with natural diamonds product that we launched here in California just three months ago. Um, That's been really received with overwhelmingly positive uh, uh, response from consumers. And I think the reason why it's been so positive is certainly because, again, the history that we have, but also because the product itself is innovative in so many ways. The formulation behind it, the operation, the process that we use to actually take it to market. It allowed us to bring an incredibly high quality product and introduce it at a disruptive price that you can't really find anywhere. Um, And again, that's really baked into this concept of how do we innovate? And and we really think of that as one of our key principles whenever we're developing products.
3: I have another curveball. I like I'm feeling sassy today. And I'm sure, you know, given your background, you're not one to be easily startled uh, or shy away from from a tough question. So it's a lot of people. and, And. I'm going to start with a compliment, right? Just a compliment sandwich. <laughs> uh, but you know, no internationally, PAX is definitely one of the top 10 brands for recognition around the world. It, it is definitely the most recognized for anything related to consumption devices. And there's no conscious here, at least for me, from what I've seen. But a lot of people call you the jewel of cannabis. How is this fair? And how is this not fair as a comparison? What do you see in common? Of course, there's there's something about the genesis of the company as well. But again, I know it's a tough question, but like, wh- why do you think it's fair? Why do you think it isn't?
0: What's most important to remember with regard to that question is that we're two separate companies and have been for six years, right? And so well before Juul became Jewel. Uh, although the two companies had some common origin, uh, we were actually split as separate companies. And so in that way, very, very different. Um, you know, I'd say the the question around, let's kind of extend that, that question out further. When we think about Juul, if it's an interesting topic at all, it has to do with VapeGate. And when we think about VapeGate, that was really about the illicit market. And so the products that were bringing to market, that were being brought to market, that didn't have the right compliance controls, didn't have the right people overseeing Uh, the consumer experience and protecting the consumer in that way. That's all coming from that side of the world, the illicit side. And so I think now we're in a space where we're moving away from that as an industry at large. And then for us as a company specifically Pax. What are the things that we do to make sure that we really protect the consumer? First and foremost, we obviously only work with licensed partners, right? So we make sure that we have the right kind of partners on the platform. Secondly, we do in fact, look at the products that are bringing to market that are being brought to market within our platform and ensure that they meet minimum quality standards, both in terms of the product itself as well as together with our device. And then of course we follow any and all compliance and regulations. Uh, We try to stay in front of that because as you know, it's constantly changing and evolving in this industry. And even when it comes down to the the simple tactics of from a marketing and brand awareness perspective, how do we make sure that we are only sending out marketing collateral and have campaigns that fall within all regulatory, uh, uh, any kind of structure, whether it's cannabis or otherwise, for that matter, right, to make sure that we're taking care of the consumer. All of those things are are absolutely true for us. And, and I think that that's how we focus on it. And that to me is, I think, the key difference. Love that, man. Um, so you know kind of last question for
2: me and then we'll we have several from the chat with people that are super interested in chatting with you uh directly but you know looking at you know kind of packaging companies you know vaporizing you know producer uh brands is there any kind of action or pressure you feel from the outside toward uh, sustainability, or have you all thought of that as you we move toward that as a private company? And maybe you don't have to look at the the Nasdaq NICE ESG regulations yet, um, but is that something you all are
0: considering right now? Absolutely. When you think about the good that we can do in this industry, we've already talked about social impact. I think sustainability is the next key area that we as a company are focused on. And if you look at the industry, if you know much about it, as the two of you obviously are, are experts in you know that packaging is, is heavily wasteful, right? And, and so I think uh, as we continue to grow as, as a business and as an industry at large, we really should take a step back and, and ask ourselves, how can we help lead the change and, and really come up with packaging that is more sustainable, that ends up having a positive net effect on the environment around us, um, while obviously still keeping everyone safe and following all compliance and rules. But there's opportunity for us to improve in that area uh, as an industry at large, And I do think we're going to have to engage with policymakers and really get to a space where we can all get comfortable with um, packaging that ends up not being as wasteful as it is today. Because a lot of the single-use products that are out there um, come with a lot of packaging tied to it. And so plastics, papers, you name it, I think these are all areas that we can definitely get better about.
3: Yeah, and I'm going to say one more thing, right? Like, I love myself. I love me a, a really good disposable vape. Uh, they're comfortable, they're easy for me. I visit the U.S., right? I'm, I'm not there for a long time. But, you know, the Pax product has a very long um, lifespan, right? It's, it's, it's a product that that I got once, and I've had the same one for three years, four years now, right? Which is not minor, right? In an industry where we make a bunch of stuff to be thrown away fast, where, where we just dispose of many other things, even even when they're not disposable, they're just made to be cheap, and, and we throw them away. And I think, you know, PAX does a good job at that. Uh, some questions from the chat, real fast. Lord Byron asks, is there going to be at PAX 4?
2: Announce it here, Steven. Come on.
0: <laughs> I can't go too far under the hood. What I can tell you is we have some very exciting things that are coming up very soon, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's the right time. And so I think one of the common questions I do get often is what's coming next. Uh, We've already talked about our own pods, our own product that we actually launched here in California and are getting ready to scale throughout other markets throughout this year as well. And so if you're in other markets across the U.S. or in Canada, just keep your eyes peeled because we are going to be bringing uh, the product to you as soon as possible. And and then uh, what I will say is that it's not limited just to the pods. Uh, there's also some device innovation that you can expect here.
3: Nice. Actually, here's another one related to States. What States does PAX operate in? I'm going to jump there and say probably all of them, but where do you operate? And then a personal question, it seems, what units did you serve with
0: the army? We are effectively, you can find the devices in any, in any market out there. Um, specifically the PAX device, you can absolutely find in all markets. Uh, and so in the air device, if you're looking for a specific market or, or a place, whether you can purchase it nearby, then I highly recommend just going to pax.com. You can find all the information there. Uh, as far as the army goes, I was, uh, in a couple, but the second infantry division is the one where I was a platoon leader as a second Lieutenant, a freshly minted second Lieutenant, uh, where I gained t- so much of my experience and, uh, learned about what does it mean to to lead teams, help build high performing teams and really be a part of that. Uh-huh. Last one. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Do you
2: have
3: time for This one, I think it's an important one. Born yeah. to be free ass. do you give back to the uh,
0: veteran community in any way? We definitely do. Uh, and we have some great initiatives that we've partnered with veterans groups on. I'll give you a couple on specific. Um, recently we worked with the um, weed for warriors project uh, as well as the wounded warrior project up in Canada. And we continue to work on um, veterans efforts, both from a, a pod, um, a cause pod, what we'll call a cause pod effort and campaign. Uh, In the case of Weed for Warriors, we actually launched, helped them launch their Veterans Relief brand. Uh, And what we did was we donated uh, a bunch of hardware and devices and pods uh, to that effort, also took brand partners that are connected to the PAX platform, and we were able to put their product out in market, the Weed for Warriors product. And then that served as a major fundraising fundraiser for them as an organization. And so that's just one example. Uh, we're heavily focused on that, as well as outside of the veterans world. Um, one thing we didn't get to touch on is things like the Last Prisoner Project, which if you're not familiar with their work, I highly, highly recommend you go and look them up because the, the mission that they're on to release the 40,000 plus prisoners that are currently incarcerated for nonviolent cannabis crime Um, is such an important, important amount of work. And Mary Bailey and her entire team are amazing people.
2: Amen to that. Uh, We always partner with them for our events, uh, which we would love for PAX Labs to be at the next one. Thank you so much my infomercial. Uh, Steven, it's been a pleasure to have you on, man. Thank Thank you 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 so much for your time. Super fruitful and engaging conversation. Uh, Let's do a take too soon, my friend.
0: Sounds good. Thanks.
2: Take care. Uh Thanks so much. Steven Jung, Chief Operating Officer of Pax Labs Incorporated. Thanks to the chat. Love okay. it when you guys engage. Javier, any last words before we sign out, my friend?
3: No, actually, I have a, an unused Pax 3 that I'm going to gift to one of the writers at El Planteo today for him to review. Keep an eye out. And Mr. and Mrs. Pax, um, I will await my next device.
2: <laughs> Freaking hints <laughs> from Javier Hase. Lord Byron needs one while we're at. Uh, that being said, that's it from us today. Tune in again Thursday. I won't be here. I'm heading to Kentucky for the Derby. I'm gonna have some fun and oh, drink. Uh, that is
3: what you're doing. I even thought you were out for
2: work. Oh God, no. Uh, I'm going. I'm, well, I mean, it's work to drink that many mint and juleps. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, Javier, always a pleasure. Appreciate you guys. Tune in. We have an incredible interview on Thursday. I'm actually really bummed. I'm going to miss it. Uh, oh, do yeah. you want to say who it is, Javi, and tease it a little bit? Yeah. Or
1: surprise? No
2: surprise for Thursday. All right, y'all. That's it from us. Appreciate it. We'll see you again later. Big
3: announcement, though, Thursday. Tune in.
2: And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start
1: feeling great. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say... This episode is brought to you by Verizon. Get a Verizon Business Unlimited plan from the network businesses rely on. Hey, Monica, with 5G Ultra Wideband in many more cities, you get up to 10 times the speed at no extra cost. Hello downloads in no time. Plus unlimited premium data and hotspot data to keep the signal flowing and your teams going. Come in or book an appointment with a Verizon business expert to find the right plan for your team. 5G Ultra Wideband available in over 1,700 cities with Business Unlimited Pro 2.0 smartphone plan. Speed comparison is to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Download speeds may vary depending upon network and coverage conditions and content optimization for 5G Ultra Wideband. Jeep Freedom Days are here, where right now, well-qualified returning FCA lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2022 Grand Cherokee WK Laredo E 4x4 for 369 dollars a month for 36 months with $3,799 due at
3: signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution at lease across their capital. Lessee is responsible for termination fees. Current lease must end by 7323 Extra charge for miles over 30000 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 7522 Jeep is a registered trademark.